Hi there, I'm Adam Burton and I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Thank you for tuning into my online Bible study from The Gospel Project. We are live every Thursday night to study God's Word. This week's Bible study is titled, The Pictures of God's Authority. We will see that God's miracles reveal He is the one true God. To let you know where we are going in our study, here are the three points. One, God provides in unusual ways. Two, God provides in miraculous ways. And three, God provides through His servant. We will get to our Bible study in just a moment, but before we do, one of the great things about our online Bible study is that we can engage in conversation. As you watch, let me know what comments or questions you have. Let us know what sticks out to you in this study. Lastly, we would love to connect with you on all of the socials. We are active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for CBC Maysville. Stay tuned to the end for an important message about how you can go deeper in God's Word. Okay, let's get to our online Bible study. When I was a kid, I often wanted to eat at McDonald's because I wanted a Happy Meal. I enjoyed the food, but I loved the cheap toy inside even more. Now, however, now that I'm an adult, I never think to pull into McDonald's for a Happy Meal. Now, I want steak. I have grown up. The Happy Meal days are gone. Some people today look at the miracles in the Bible like Happy Meals, to be cherished as children but not as adults. The skeptics believe you should grow up and see these biblical stories as fictional. But should we discard the miracle stories of Scripture? Think about this. I mean, what beliefs and doctrines are affected when a person rejects the validity of miracles in the Bible? Potentially God's existence, God's omnipotence, God's imminence and involvement in His creation, the, the inerrancy and trustworthiness of Scripture, the power of the gospel to save sinners through faith and Jesus' death and resurrection. If we don't take the miracle stories of the Bible as being historically accurate, then by extension, we cannot take the gospel's record of Jesus' ministry as historically accurate either. Jesus himself understood the Old Testament stories as truthful accounts, not fictional morality tales. In fact, he believed the miracles of the Old Testament prophets pointed forward to his own ministry, miracle, sacrifice, and redemption. In this session, we will examine the beginning of the prophet Elijah's ministry. He spoke on behalf of God, performed miracles in God's power, confronted rebellious kings, and challenged the people to worship only the Lord. Though he was a human being like us, he performed many great wonders and pointed to the coming Messiah through his faithful and miraculous ministry. Our first point is God provides in unusual ways. God provides in unusual ways. Read with me 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1-4. through 4. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. During the reign of Ahab and his wife Jezebel, the northern kingdom of Israel practiced idolatry to a level not seen before. 
the worship of Baal, the false god of rain and fertility, was state-sponsored and modeled by the king and queen. So God raised up the prophet Elijah to minister in this dark time. Elijah boldly confronted the king and proclaimed a drought, which was actually a promise fulfilled. God was punishing his people for their pagan idolatry. The curse of a drought made sense in light of the people's idolatry. God's people were to trust God alone for rain. If they turned to another God, then Yahweh would withhold rain. This specific judgment was very fitting since Baal was supposed to give rain. Notice also that not only would it not rain, neither would there be any dew. No one could claim bad luck or a bad break. No rain and no dew demonstrated God's sovereign judgment. Elijah's ministry occupies a number of chapters in the king's narrative. Like Moses, who later appeared with Elijah at Jesus' transfiguration, Elijah challenged a national leader, lived on God's provision, and felt the burden of leadership. Like John the Baptist, with whom Elijah is associated in the New Testament, Elijah called people to repentance and was the forerunner to Messiah. Elijah points us to Jesus, who would perform greater works than Elijah. For Jesus has all authority. Finally, Elijah was just like us. Therefore, he can teach us important lessons about how to pray and to trust in God's provision. Think about this. What are some similarities between Elijah's context and the present context of your culture? Idolatry is rampant, though not necessarily in in the form of statues. The state sponsors wickedness and sin. The culture believes it can live independently of God. God continues to raise up voices in the culture to speak His truth. At the Lord's command, Elijah fled to the east after his initial confrontation with Ahab. Seeking protection from the wicked king, he went to an inhospitable area by the Jordan River, where he drank from a brook and was fed by ravens. Elijah was on the wilderness meal plan. Bread and meat were provided by the ravens every morning and evening. His needs were provided on a daily basis. Listen to this quote. We can be certain that God will give us the strength and resources we need to live through any situation in life that He ordains. The will of God will never take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. God is sovereign, not not only over the rain, but over all creation as well. God was sovereign over the ravens, ceremonially unclean creatures that were used for God's purposes of sustaining the prophet's life during the famine. All of this should encourage us. You can trust in God to provide for your daily needs. He might not supply you with the the finest meats every day, and He might not provide in such a miraculous way as He did with Elijah, but God always provides. No doubt the false prophet of Baal supported by Ahab and Jezebel ate better than Elijah did, but God still provided for him. This is a good lesson. Even the prophet was suffering from this famine. The man of God was not immune to suffering along with his people. In fact, his source of water dried up on account of the drought. But he had the presence of God and the provision of God, and that was enough. We who receive such daily bread should be grateful and a content people. Paul put it this way, If we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Think about this. 
How have you seen God provide for your daily necessities, especially in a difficult season of life? Our second point is God provides in miraculous ways. God provides in miraculous ways. Read with me 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 10 through 16. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar, and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and, her, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After the brook dried up, Elijah went to the Phoenician town of Zarephath, which was Baal's territory. Here God promised to use an unnamed widow to provide for Elijah. Not only could Baal not bring rain on the land and stop the drought, but Yahweh's provision for his prophet extended right into Baal's home turf. God had prepared a table for Elijah in the presence of his enemies. Even though the widow wasn't an Israelite, she knew who the Lord was. Still, she told Elijah that she had to eat on what she had to eat on was a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, which she was planning on using for the last meal before she and her son died. Not exactly the best time to show up for dinner. Yet this was the person God sent Elijah to for provision. The Lord must have had a plan in this arrangement. Think about this. How does Elijah's presence in Zarephath compare to the Christian's life on earth? Christians currently live in a world dominated by sin and idolatry. No matter where we are, the Lord is God over all. The Lord moves in the hearts of people to prepare them to hear His word His, through His people. Believers are strangers and sojourners on this earth. We should marvel not only at God's provision, but also at God's compassion and grace. We see God's compassion in the fact that God cared for this poor widow when it seems no one else did. Throughout Scripture, we find God's concern for the vulnerable, including the fatherless and the widow. We also marvel at God's grace as He reached out to and blessed an outsider. God is not a tribal deity, but the Lord over the nations. Jesus referred to this widow in Luke chapter 4, verses 24 through 26. In response to Jesus' hometown rejecting him, Jesus used this story of the widow Zarephath, an outsider, as a warning to the local insiders, the Jews, who were listening to him. The most unexpected people often find saving grace in the most unexpected places. God graciously provides daily bread to satisfy our physical hunger, and He has provided the bread of life in Jesus who satisfies our spiritual hunger. 
Let us, beggars all, tell other beggars where to find the bread of life. Listen to this essential doctrine, miracles. A miracle is an event in which God makes an exception to the natural order of things or supersedes natural laws for the purpose of demonstrating His glory and or validating His message. Miracles are recorded throughout Scripture. Miraculous signs and wonders were oftentimes evident when a prophet or an apostle was speaking God's message to the people. Because we believe God to be all-powerful and personally involved in this world, we believe He can and does perform miracles. Our last point is God provides through His servant. God provides through His servant. Read with me 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 17 through 24. After the son of the woman, the mistress of the house became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my son to bring to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Elijah took the dead boy and cried out to God. With full honesty, praying in faith and desperation, he took his anxieties and turned and concerns to God. The Lord heard the prayer of this righteous man and brought the child back to life. Baal wasn't the only false god worshipped in this particular setting. Mot, the god of death, was also adored. Elijah was not only in Baal's territory, he was also in Mot's territory. Here we see that God alone reigns over life and death. Because our God is the true and living God, we too can have a dynamic prayer life. Like Elijah, we must learn to pour out our hearts to God in difficult times. Receiving her son back alive, the widow affirmed her trust in the prophet Elijah's word and confessed her faith in God. Stories of death surround us. But there is hope beyond the grave of every grieving believer. God raises the dead. In this Old Testament story of provision and faith, God gives us a little sign of His resurrection power that would later be put on full display in Jesus' resurrection from the dead, never to die again. Luke chapter 7, verses 11-17 through 17 contains strong echoes of this scene in 1 Kings. In this passage, Jesus brings another son of a widow back to life. However, there is one great difference. Elijah cried out for God's help in prayer. Jesus simply said the words, Young man, I say to you, arise. Elijah was great, but Jesus is greater. Listen to this essential doctrine. Christ as prophet. As one of his offices, Jesus fulfills the role of prophet. He alone is the ultimate teacher and has the words of eternal life. 
Jesus also is also God's ultimate revelation of himself, the very word of God. God's power to raise the dead was demonstrated once for all in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Now, God gives life to spiritually dead people by grace through faith, and believers await the glorious final resurrection when the dead in Christ will rise. Jesus has made the grave like a bed, death like a sleep, and the resurrection like waking to new, fresh, a fresh new morning. Think about this. Why should the promise of spiritual and physical resurrection in Christ inspire us to pray and act with great faith? We know God is all-powerful, and He will accomplish His purposes. We know God's Word is true, and He will keep all His promises to His people. The sting of death is temporary and fading away until it is no more at the final resurrection. God can raise dead hearts to life through faith in Christ. So we proclaim the gospel of Jesus in faith that people will hear and believe and be saved. 1 Kings chapter 17 challenges us because of the faith and prayer life of Elijah, who boldly proclaimed God's word and experienced God's extraordinary provision. Elijah's life and ministry also prepared God's people for the greater prophet to come, the word, the Lord Jesus. Jesus lived on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He too cared for the widow and raised the dead. Jesus' prayers were also effectual. But more than Elijah, Jesus never sinned, and he died taking the judgment for sin upon himself in the place of those who deserved it. Furthermore, he was raised from the dead and is now interceding for us with the Father. This is the gospel of Jesus we proclaim to the world. Because we have come to know Jesus as the Word of God and have been forgiven and transformed by Him, we declare God's Word to those around us with faith and boldness so that God may move others from death to life. Here are some ways for you to apply God's Word to your life. What will you pray for in the name of Christ that reflects His power and His grace? About what should your church join together more in prayer? For whom will you be praying to share the gospel of Jesus with them? Listen to this quote. In all your prayers, forget not to thank the Lord for his mercies. When thou prayest, rather let thy heart be without words, and thy words without a heart. Prayer will make a man cease from sin, or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. Pray often. For prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge for Satan. Pray with me. Father, you are the creator and sustainer of all things. You provide for us through ordinary and miraculous means. Through your son, Jesus, the ultimate prophet, you have revealed yourself most fully in the one true God who has brought salvation to the world. Help us by your spirit like Elijah, to proclaim boldly your message to those around us. Amen. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study. Remember that God's miracles reveal He is the one true God. The miracles Elijah performed revealed that he was a prophet of the one true God and that the Lord's words were true. In a greater way, the miracles Jesus performed revealed that He is the Son of God, the true Word of God. Connect with me if you would like to know how Jesus can change your life forever. Would you like to dig even deeper in this week's Bible study? 
Join our online Bible study Facebook group to get a short study each day. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash OBS Central. That's facebook.com slash groups slash OBS Central. Well, if you enjoyed tonight's Bible study, would you share it with your friends? Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for our online Bible study. God bless.